Um, can everybody hear me? Great, okay. Welcome to Signal at M Pavilion. Um, today's our first Signal Summer event at M Pavilion and it's a fun one. We've got some of the artists working on our summer program and some young people who are going to ask them questions. So I'll hand it over to them to introduce themselves um, and enjoy. Hi. Can you hear that? It's sounding pretty good. I'm holding it correctly. Oh, hi. Um, I'm Lauren. I'm one of the participants in Signal's um, projection performance and the object programs this year. And um, I'm in the class hosted by Yandel and uh, Amy Jo, and it's going really, really well. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex. I'm currently at Signal as well, and I'm doing the street art side of things. And we've just been doing a bit of uh, paste-ups and stencil work. And tomorrow, I think we're going down to Hosea Lane, and we're going to do some spray painting as well, which would be good. Yeah. So should I start off with some questions for Michael? Um, Michael, I, I know that you're interested in uh, both comics as well as street art. And I was wondering how you kind of negotiate your time management between the two and is there something that takes up more of your time or something that you kind Negoti of wish you put a bit more time into? Time management. This is a very good topic. Time management. Uh, well, I draw. I love to draw. So that's how I sort of got into drawing in different mediums. Um, I don't really manage it very well, to be honest. Uh, who can? It's not like an on-off switch. But um, as you get approached for different projects, that's a way to manage it. Um, but yes, I do make comics and I love to draw stories through images. Uh, but yeah, that extends into larger drawings and paintings. And I love to explore both of those sort of worlds and the, and the mediums. So to answer your question, I don't really manage things. I um, do as much as I can. I love to draw every day. And that can turn into different projects. Do um, the, the two kind of mediums ever intertwine? Like painting a comic, yes. Um, and drawing comics that involve um, stories from life, which are often about work or something. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, so, Yandel, tell us a little bit about projection art. It's something that's definitely coming more into the popular maelstrom with events like White Night and um, it's seen, being seen around the world. What got you into projection art? Um, I suppose, I mean, I come from a, a background, I, I actually um, was a printmaker, uh, so etchings, lithographs, but I did a lot of photographic techniques um, and which kind of just led to, yeah, taking more photos and using the video camera and then projecting that video um, so, and, I mean, yeah, I've sort of been working with the medium for over 12 years, so it was a lot less accessible when I started. Um, now, obviously, projectors are um, more and more accessible. I mean, really big ones to do massive, big facades are still super expensive. That's, I don't think that's sort of necessarily going to change. But, um, yeah, smaller projectors are a lot more accessible. Um, I'm really interested, yes, there is a lot of festivals that are um, sort of working with light and projection, but more, it's kind of more about spectacle. Um, and I find it really interesting that um, more 
uh, artists are mixing sort of um, video and projection within their practice um, in an, yeah, and creating sort of contemporary art that speaks differently, I suppose, yeah. to the viewer. Yeah. Cool. Uh, as well as light, do you also incorporate things such as sound and do you, are you familiar with using things such as sound and maybe even smoke or something to add an extra layer to your uh, projections? Um, yeah, I do. Yes, I have used sound. Um, not a lot, but more um, to kind of create, uh, to enhance that immersive nature. So, um, totally. And I have um, been really experimental as well in terms of projecting onto other surfaces like smoke or water or using kind of rear projection and front projection. Um, I love doing experimental um, works with projection, for sure, or projecting onto objects, three-dimensional objects in space, yeah. Um, Amy Jo, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your art practice? Um, sure. So uh, I've been making installations and performances um, using sound and sculpture and projection for quite a long time, uh, over a decade. And my work always has... Um, and it's not autobiographical work, but it's personal work. So it start, always starts from um, a point of speaking, almost having a conversation with myself over my lifetime. Um, so at different times, I've been doing different things. At uh, one point, I was working in a factory, and so I made work that was investigating wage labour um, and things like that. Um, I've made work about small town New Zealand, because that's where I'm from. Um, yeah, so my work is kind of tracing my life, but I'm always interested in the ways that that translates to universal um, concepts, the ways that other people can bring their own meaning to that stuff too. Yeah, cool. Um, so, Michael, how, um, when did you first uh, figure out that you were going to become an artist full-time? How did you... Did you do anything before you were a full-time artist that may not have had anything to do with art? Yes, uh, sure. Like, uh, yeah, art as an occupation or a career or whatever was yeah. not necessarily my main objective other than to enjoy the process. But I did, I actually started out, I left school to do like a screen printing sort of apprenticeship. So there was like a, the trade element. But I was in there drawing um, stuff for screen printing. But the idea of um, doing art full-time or, you know, that's always been something I've done full-time, investing my interests into something that you could call art. It's such a lovely word. Um, you were joking before about what's the meaning of life. I mean, we, we often ask ourselves what's the meaning of art as well. And so for, for some time, um, art as a job, it can... For some people and for, for some time for me, it can change the, like the version of art how it began, which was to explore different processes of creativity. So some way they mix together, um, but usually I don't look at art as kind of um, how it should be done or the process needing an endpoint until there's a client or someone who requires something, especially when you're learning together, it's really enjoyable. But um, I would say that's often art's working as opposed to making art, you know. So the creative process just comes into it all the time. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a really good question. I think uh, as a young person, I think a lot of young people are concerned when they um, have a creative longing to delve into an art career or, you know, do something different that they're worried about. Well, is this possible? You know, is this sustainable in terms of my lifestyle? You know, what sort of advice, uh, maybe Yandel, you want to take over, what sort of advice would you give to young people? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I personally, um, I, yeah, I mean, I had a, a, a good amount of role models um, when I was younger um, that were professional artists. Um, there's so many ways to um, kind of earn that rent money um, you, uh, doing some sort of creative practice within your own practice, including, you know, workshops like this. Um, great example. Um, I do a lot of um, collaborative community projects, work, facilitate workshops um, and mentoring, like, a number of different projects. Yeah. Aside, and that all feeds into my practice as well. Um, I feel like you should not think of it necessarily or you shouldn't choose... Um, a creative practice that's more commercial just to make the money yeah. because I think that there are a lot of ways, a lot of ways, especially if you're savvy and really hardworking. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And Melbourne is obviously such a great city for creative stuff like that. Um, well, I guess you guys are quite busy with um, commission works and it's become like a, a daily thing for you guys. So... I'm just interested if, um, because you're so busy with works that have been commissioned for other people or um, different locations, do you ever get any time to uh, do your own kind of personal projects or have your personal projects kind of become those commission pieces and you explore mm -hmm. new things through those um, projects? Did you want to start, maybe, Joe? Um, well, I mean... I don't think... I think there's a lot of ways to work. I probably don't work with commissions all the time. And just to follow up with what Yandy was saying, um, artists, we're creative people. So it kind of infiltrates all parts of your life. And there's ways to be artists that are around commissions and doing workshops. But also a lot of people will have another job that they do that supplements being an artist. And that's okay too. Um, there's... A million ways to do it and everyone kind of has to find their own way. I think probably all three of us work really differently um, to anybody else actually and it takes a long time to work out what works for you and what works for me in 2018 isn't what worked for me 10 years ago. Um, I think we forget that as artists we have so many translatable skills like Make, putting on an art show, there's, it's like project management, um, it's time management, it's budget management. The skills that we have just from being artists are translatable to so many jobs. So, um, yeah, you don't have to put them all together all the time. Um, right now we're getting paid to be artists, but other times we might get paid to be just people in the world. And all of that stuff, like I was saying when I worked in the factory, that turned into an artwork... You have to be in the world and live in the world to make good art. Um, you can't only speak to the art world. You need to speak to the world. So it's really important, I think, to remember that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is a question for all of you. Um, 
What artists are you most inspired by or what, what sort of inspired you to make the art that you make today? Maybe we'll start. Uh, yeah, well, I get inspiration from a lot of places, but definitely, you know, local heroes is sort of a term that I like to um, remember and to have people around you that inspire you just to keep going with things as well, whether they're, you know, like we are just saying, like we are hearing different projects um, in different areas. But yes, community and, and friendship as a whole is an important part, I think. Certainly uh, in a place like Melbourne, I'd be very grateful for all the things we have at our disposal. So, and I am one of those people as an artist as well that likes to experiment and try different areas. So to have someone locally to discuss it with or talk about um, problems you might be having with it is awesome. Um, I mean, that's why I love what Signal does. It's another great thing about Melbourne and involving art as a program based thing that can work you, you can play around with different ideas you know it's not just a painting studio or whatever uh yeah. and that sort of environment of working together and hanging out around a table is something i you know really cherish in my own life so um, to pass that on is really good as well so it's good to make time to discuss work and you get influence from yeah your peers and other people in your community but of course um that said once you have enough sort of passion that you you feel like whenever you wake up, that's what you want to do, then it's great to meet other communities and other, um, learn about uh, cultural um, aesthetics in other countries and other places, which I think is very important too. I certainly have always um, gained inspiration from visiting other communities and sort of not comparing, but listening and watching and seeing how, you know, people do their things as well. Yeah, cool. And Yandel? Um, <clears throat> I had um, a lot of really great ro role models when I was younger, growing up, which made me um, really, really inspired to create. Um, my, I suppose, um, things that I couldn't really express emotionally would then be um, translated through my arts practice, so that was another massive inspiration <laughs> that made me kind of create. And then um, sort of more broadly, um, especially creating a more immersive works and works that are utilising kind of um, projection and installation. Um, artists like um, Pippa Lottie Wrist um, was, yeah, really inspirational. And Bill Viola, um, yeah, sort of artists that pushed the boundaries of um, video into three-dimensional space, I suppose, and, and with object and immersion, yeah. yeah. Cool, there you go, guys. Some uh, awesome projection video artists to look into if you're interested in creating that kind of work. And um, what about yourself, AJ? Um, yeah, I think like these guys, there's been... It's, it's a community that you're in, uh, but also different phases of my life. So I know that when I was making more video work... Um, I was influenced by filmmakers and film more than other video artists um, and I was really interested in people like David Lynch and his uh, like opening sequence to Blue Velvet um, yeah. and later on, I think moving to Australia, um, I became surrounded by all of these other super famous artists but, and successful artists but they're the ones that you sometimes find first and then you find your friends and community as you settle in and I remember coming across Tracy Moffat's work and it was really powerful um, in that it spoke to everyday truths and pain uh, in this really poignant way because um, I'm really interested in just 
everyday life <laughs> and the way that uh, those in-between spaces, there's bits of magic that can happen. Um, and then later on I've been interested in performance. So it kind of changes as... Yeah, well, as, as you said before, like when you make art, you're not just making it for the art world, you're making it for everyone else as well. So I guess it makes sense to understand and be immersed in that world as well. And you're making it for yourself. Because I think as you go on as an artist, you start to... Sometimes you get famous, uh, mostly you might not, and it's a conversation you have with yourself over your life. And that's really powerful, actually, because that's how we work out how we fit into the world. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, because I'm kind of a poor student um, and I do like doing artwork, but I also realise that I have to fund my artwork somehow. Um, do you guys rely, so, uh, just going back to a financial point of view, do you guys rely solely on an income from art or do you split something, let's say 70-30, 70% is from your commission works and 30% maybe from something totally different? whether it be even in shares or some other kind of thing you guys do? or um, I think, it, I mean, it, it, it changes for me. Um, but I'm pretty much a full-time artist and then... But if you... Like, that's including, you know, all workshops and all that sort of stuff. I also um, work across the road at NGV in their multimedia department installation so that's on a casual basis so when I don't have heaps of projects and I need some extra cash I can be like hey can I come in and do some installation if they're if you know if they need the work but it's all really related too it means I get to um install awesome works there so but that's just you know it would be so different for everyone I guess it is so different for everyone yeah I definitely worked lots of different jobs and part-time jobs for a long time uh, but I have, you know, on the books been an artist for nine years. And, but uh, comics, which is one thing I do, and painting, I do sort of, they're two different sort of income streams. Um, and the last five years, I've worked a lot more with um, two, the two together. So, like, I've just come back from a great tour that was supported with Australia Council, for example. But I had a commission doing a mural. But I was there, my support with the OSCO was to research European comics and I work with a publisher there as well. So I got to do all these things together. So over the years I've managed to plan them a bit better and sort of put them all into a block, yeah? Um, but it's not like I planned to do that when I was younger. I just yeah. was trying to make stuff that I was happy with. And uh, then it came to a stage of wanting to show other people that sort of stuff. Because of course there are lots of artists who don't share their work and... I'm also very interested in work that is not so much about a marketplace or people that do it, you know, really because they have to. I'm really interested in that sort of stuff. And I think that can be found um, in many places. So that keeps stuff enjoyable. But uh, uh, the way it's worked for me is, is I'm very grateful for that, that it's, it keeps me interested. So I'm not always, say, in a desk environment. So I, I draw by hand, but I also use computers a bit for printing stuff and preparation for print. But then going outside and doing a mural, whether it's a large scale or in separate spots, um, yeah, is, is really enjoyable because you, you know, change your process up. That's my story. This is a bit of a weird question, but um, how do you know if your art is good or not? And is it more important to make good art or is it more important to make art that is something that's well thought out and means something to you? 
very subjective terms. What is good art? What is bad art? Because for me, it's something uh, that I'm happy with, that I feel like I want to share, then it starts to become something like a project that you want to expand on. But uh, personally, I have made a lot of things that I'm not happy with that I haven't shown people, certainly in comics. Um, over 10 years ago, when a lot of my friends were focusing on graphic novels, we were all making novels from our shorter comics. Um, and as we all know, graphic novels are a, you know, a household term in terms of books. Uh, but I, I tried and I had about two of these that were nearly finished. Well, I had two and a couple of others on the go, but never showed anyone, was not really happy with them. That's a good example where I felt like it wasn't wasted time, but I learned stuff. Um, so I think you know yourself when it's good or what you want to share, but it is a subjective sort of uh, way of looking at things. So often um, in our society, there's good or bad or black and white and I've always had a problem discussing these opposites. I think somewhere in the middle is a nice place to exist, if possible. And I would also add, like, it's, like you say, it's really subjective. So if, it means, if it's important to you, it's still worth making and experiment. Sometimes it's the stuff that you set out to make um, that's the least interesting and it's the other stuff that happens on the way that's the stuff that you'll keep coming back to over and over again. Um, so, yeah, I think it's about what's important to you and if you're not getting noticed straight away, don't give up because chances are that's what's going to happen. It's not, it isn't the easiest thing to keep making something even though, um, yeah, I mean, Australia is not a particularly accommodating environment right now for um, cultural activity. And so, you know, there's slashes and cuts all the time for funding in terms of the arts. Um, but you still have to make stuff. It's really important that stuff's getting made. So, yeah, I always try and... <laughs> it's a battle, but, yeah, you just got to keep, keep going, I think. And to just add on, when people were saying about career and you were asking about shares, um, I'm a community cultural development artist, so I also get paid to be an artist, um, but I work with young people who are sort of surviving under difficult circumstances at a studio called Artful Dodgers Studios. It's a bit like Signal, but um, to be able to go there, you're, you're having to manage hardship in some way. Um, so there are lots of different ways that artists are working in social justice and community spaces too. So, you know, if people are interested in social work or those kinds of things, there might be opportunities for creative folks. And I know a lot of graffiti artists end up doing work in those spaces too. So, yeah. And just back on um, the if your art is good, um, I, I feel like also it's good to mention um, that... It's not necessarily about the outcome. It is about, you know, a, a lot of the time uh, for artists and, you know, like in spaces like testing grounds, um, it's, you know, spaces, that space exists for really experimental work. It's a cultivating ideas. It's about development. It's about failures as much as successes, you know. Um, it's about pushing your ideas and your practice into other areas and that doesn't necessarily mean a, a good art outcome. Might not even be an outcome at all. Yeah. Um, and that's really important to, that, you know, that is, that is totally part of an arts practice. Yeah, yeah, those are good points. It's like almost just as much about the process as it is the finished product. Totally. 
Um, I'll just quickly mention, guys, if there's anyone he here not from Signal, um, Testing Grounds is a um, sort of experimental art space, I guess, that is free to be able to be used for testing your own art in that space, and it's really awesome. So, yeah, you guys should check it out if you want to experiment a bit. Um, did you have any other questions? Um, I have a question for Michael in particular because I'm quite interested in... Um uh, I've just always been interested in graffiti and um, typography and you do quite a few wall murals and I was wondering if you've ever or if you ever started out doing any illegal artwork and what is your opinion on graffiti and the kind of tension it has between uh, gra like graffiti artists and street artists? It's a rich subject, isn't it? And yeah. it's, it kind of comes to that what is good, what is bad uh, topic we've been discussing here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely graffiti. You know, it's, what, what is this term? It's about making marks on walls, and I've always been into uh, graffiti. Uh, you know, and I kind of look at it as, still today, like something that is slowly being understood uh, um, that, comparably, you've got, um, you know, Egyptian tombs that have this sort of writing that is to be worked out. And graffiti is sort of similar to this. I think it has a value in a culture that perhaps may not be appreciated by a commercial sense, but of course it has a, you know, roots in terms of just people talking together and, and using space. But there's so many ways to look at that, of course, depending on, um, yeah, depending on what you want to get out of that. But I certainly um, appreciate um, typography and mark making. Um, yeah, and I do. That is where I practiced most certainly with aerosol. Um, and brushes as well, but to learn, um, you know, different techniques and developing confidence with those tools, which are amazing tools. But doing a mural in any sense is um, a really enjoyable process as an artist because you're using a space that is not so confined. You know, you're taking into account the, the background and um, especially if it's a public place, um, you know, how people can see it in different angles and, and how you enjoy it when the light reflects different times of day. Um, yes, and I've done many different murals, and a lot, you know, I started out just doing it enjoyably as something to expand my practice from drawing. So I sort of uh, met some people when I was younger. I actually had a studio in Hosea Lane before it was a circus, as, as it is today, or, you know, very busy. But I started there. I've always had a studio since I was... Um, as soon as I could afford it sort of thing. And... Um, yeah, so had an exhibition in Hosea Lane. Used to have light boxes in there. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I'm sure a few of you would. But I have a collective that I started with some friends called Silent Army, sort of about a whole group of unknown artists. And there's always, I mean, we're a silent army here. We're all connected to other groups. And there's lots of people who may have um, not been exposed to art as a, as a job or whatever yet. And so we had an exhibition in the two locations of these light boxes. Um, and at the time, it was a private run, or I should I say independent um, program and a gallery that began in the same location. But I learned really from that, that classic way of uh, meeting other people in, those, in the laneways at night where we had the studio in Hosea Lane and around there and was curious how I could practice getting my pictures larger because it was, A, it was free to put them on there. Um, and the pictures that we put in the light boxes, it made you think, oh, I want to see you know, my comic on the wall sort of thing. Uh, quite a natural process for so many people who like to draw and paint. Um, but yeah, so I practiced a lot there. And areas like that are so awesome. You know, Melbourne has many of these where you can practice or spots that people aren't too concerned about. And you can try out different techniques with your 
approach, whether it's like an illustrative approach or really just using the space again with color and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of fun. Have I answered your question? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and over the years, I think my first commission for murals was um, the, the restaurant there in Hosea Lane, which is called Movitas. And they were doing a book at the time. It was their first... Um, I remember the chef, Burger, his name was, um, was making their first recipe book. And they needed to make their shop look a little bit more interesting for the books. And their spot was probably the kind of busiest and the misty bar near it. The people had drawn around there a bit, but it was still very, very mild compared to how you see it today in terms of, you know, how many people visit there. Um, so it was kind of, uh, they had seen something that I'd done up there, uh, around the corner. I think it's, uh, whatever it's called now, Rutledge Lane or something, um, just for a smaller shop. And so that was kind of my first commission. From there, you know, I could use that experience to get bigger. But I, it's not like I just waited for another commission. I was, after doing that, I'd learned a lot, like I was happy with it, but then I wanted to try different things. And yeah, so I've always sort of developed from there. But of course, commissions like that were important. I think my next one was in Sydney um, a few months later. And of course, I'd, I'd learned a lot in just those couple of months. I was a lot happier. And you just sort of want, you have this drive to want to do more um, with stuff like that. I don't feel you could ever reach, I personally could never sort of be completely happy with that, otherwise it wouldn't be as enjoyable, you know, to want to try something different. Um, but yeah, I still do a lot of uh, stuff just to try it out. I just, um, a couple of weeks ago, painted a beach house, and I just, I hadn't even photographed it, I just did it because I really wanted to, you know, try out the location and we were there at this place. So it's still just more like trying different things as well. Uh, speaking of yeah. that, do you guys think it's important to experiment with art forms that you're not familiar with um, just to, I guess, yeah, like take on a new perspective because, you know, me, for example, I've never done projection art before. It's completely new. I've, is, is that something that you would recommend doing? Um, I feel like a contemporary arts practice would um, cross disciplines naturally um, and a lot of, you know, contemporary arts practice does. So, yes, definitely be trying everything and potentially... It wouldn't be necessarily just to pick one of those things you could be using, you know, a lot of those things all the time and a lot of artists do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. I use heaps of uh, many different mediums and I think it changes all the time depending on what I want to say. Um, and in our workshops we've been using sculpture or found objects um, projection and performance um, and a few people I can tell would have gone into using sound if we could have. Um, sometimes you can go too far and you need to pair it back. Sometimes it can get muddled and you need to keep it simple. Yeah. But if you're experimenting, absolutely. like yeah. Sweet. Um, so I'm interested as to how many projects you guys would work on at one given time and... Um, is there kind of like a cutoff, or maybe you've uh, taken on too many projects and you kind of run out of time? And uh, could you um, tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I can definitely answer that. I've always got a million projects on, and it's really, um, yeah, I have to be really careful in terms of how I project manage um, because some of the projects, yeah, won't get enough energy and time. Um, but I love juggling more than one thing. It really, it's the type of person I am. It gives me more energy and I love it. But then it's almost like my, yeah, 
work life then never stops and you need, yeah, a balance. Um, but I'll quite often be, I mean, at the moment I'm working, I'm doing some video design for um, Melbourne Opera. I'm uh, doing some work for an opera, which is really interesting in collaboration with another artist. Um, I'm uh, really focused, obviously, on this um, project. And um, I'm in development for some large-scale works for an exhibition in 2019, so that's rolling around in my head and I'm applying for grants for that and, you know, I'm starting to sort of um, get really excited. Um, and there's probably another couple of projects. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm doing sort of other things as well, but, yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. Um, speaking of, what is everybody working on right now? Yeah, I'm sort of like that as well. I've, I've actually learned the last couple of years to say no, which I was never very good at. And especially when there's projects that, that passion project that money is never mentioned, you realise that you're going to spend your own um, finances on making it happen. Uh, I do a lot of small press publishing and um, the last few years I've been working with a whole bunch of communities that I've uh, visited and worked with and Getting the work from them is countless hours. So I've, you know, things like this, I, I do passionately have a publisher for the project, which I'll bring some into the classes that I'm doing next week. Um, so I'm very proud of what, what's been happening and, and coming in there together. I think they're good examples of what we'll be talking about and what I want to, you know, learn from um, other people as well. But, yeah, stuff like that, you know, stuff that you have to do um, is really important too, I think. So I had to say no to some other things that would be like, well, maybe I've done that before. Someone else can have a go at that. You know, certain clients you might have that you'd be really grateful when they ring you back and say, would you like to do this? And then you've got to sort of weigh up what you can do, really. I, I sometimes can't do the things, but I can recommend someone else that, you know, would be able to do the same job. Um, so I think that's good too, is to share. The same way I've gotten jobs from um, other artists that I know who are like, I think you're ready to do this. You know, years ago, they'd be friends who go like, you should try this. I think you should. Uh, you know, you could do it. And so I, I think that's a really important part of it as well. Uh, but yeah, projects, yeah, I sort of do public, you know, between like publishing stuff with other people um, and also my own work is published. I have a, I've just been over in Europe, as I was saying before, and I've um, had someone I've been printing work with for a while in France and they uh, want me to do a larger work, which I'm really confident I can do, but I'm sort of I'm chipping away at this, this colour project. Um, but I'm about, I've just actually found out today I'm going back to Indonesia. So I've worked with people in Yogyakarta, this incredible city uh, of, of the arts, um, where art is still somewhat of an uh, industry, if you like. Or, you know, a lot of the art that I'm interested in is more just, um, I guess you could say there's sign writing and there's illustration. But they're ultimately people, there's still, you know, screen printing factories there that, that is done regularly, there's still printing, there's a lot of printing places and whether you're um, an artist or otherwise, um, you can go in there and have a look at, at how it's done, so there's a lot more hands-on sort of stuff, I guess. But yeah, so I'm working in a, I've got a bunch of things lined up for that part of the world. So when I get some, one come together, then I'll ask another group that I know. Um, I was just sort of talking about here, but like um, a guy I've known for many years who moved to Phnom Penh. And I'm very interested in some of the work he does there um, with sort of human rights and sort of justice work there. And it's a very different place. So I'm looking forward to uh, meeting some of the artists that he's met there and, and worked with over the years and doing some sort of workshop basis thing where I can sort of learn a bit um, together. And, so, and I've also hooked up something in Bangkok. Um, some I'm part of a gallery that's in Tasmania. 
And they're going over there for that. And they said, you should come. And so then we've organized another place where I can do a performance. I also do some performance. So I do a lot of stuff. I really like to keep active. So I try and match them all up. And I'm now trying to match something up in um, Vietnam, which is very close. And I'm like, if I'm going to visit there and have a good time, <laughs> I might as well spend a week also um, having a cultural exchange, basically. Wow. So a few projects. And that's kind of, you know, what is it now, mid-January? You've been talking about them for about a month. And that's coming up from July to September. So that's quite a chunk of the year. But um, before then, there's some, yeah, really, um, I've got a lot more stalls. I've just done something with the City of Literature. So my, this silent army I mentioned has a, um, I have like a storeroom I call it. So over all these years I've collected books off people and different groups and I, not that I really want to sell them, but I either, you know, generally sell them as like a, like a shop does for, um, I usually have, you know, people buy stuff online or come in by appointment, but this year I've decided to do a lot more stalls. So I'm um, like the NGV book art and art fair. I've never done that one before, so they, I'm going to do that one. And this, the City of Literature thing is basically 10 comic shops in Melbourne and we've made these cards that you go to the 10 shops and you collect them and they tell the story and it's sort of based on how good Melbourne is for bookshops. So that's something really fun coming up in March and that'll go for three months as well. Yeah, well so, stuff like that. Sounds like you have your hands very full. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be pretty short um, with my answer. I've been on um, some parental leave and it's, it's supposed to be a time where I've been doing nothing, but I decided that that was a good time to start a functional ceramics business. So I've also been... I'm also a potter, and so that's been making me a little bit of money while I've been on parental leave, but it's also been um, a really great opportunity to have another... I guess artists, yeah, we kind of are doing a lot of things all at once, and it's been another skill set that I've... Um, been cultivating and it's something that I've been spending basically all of my spare time doing every weekend for the last year and a half when my partner's home from work. Um, And it's actually been really nice to have a break. I also think it's really important to um, know when to do that and I reckon I had some pretty severe burnout after I finished my master's quite a few years ago and... It's just, it's really important to, to know when to say no and when to, yeah, have breaks as well. And I'm ready, I think, to make other projects. But it's funny how uh, even when you're trying to do nothing or not so much, uh, I think artists still find ways to be creative. Like I've done covers for some zines and some different illustrations. So things that are totally different to my installation performance work, but have sustained me creatively, which is kind of my goal um, as an artist in my lifetime, is to just continually feel interested in the world around me and find a way to express that, yeah. That's awesome. I find that really inspiring that you were able to just, yeah, like do stuff that was different to what you normally do and actually, yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. I guess, uh, have you guys ever had any um, projects that maybe you've considered um, employing other people to help uh, get the project done? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Do you have like a, a regular team that works yes, with you? I do. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and it's something about Signal that is so awesome with, uh, in my own background, was just in studios. You pay the rent the studio, you meet people, you would work together when it's possible or help out or whatever. But um, when you're younger and you need these sort of uh, leg up opportunities, it's really good to see, you know, when you can see other people who have skills that might be able to match or you can work with. Um, but for, I've had two people that I've worked with that have worked with me and still do. They're still, you know, because you have to pay to have um, employees work on a site with you, even if you're subcontracted. So I try to use them as much as possible. And they're definitely, when I can't do a job, they're the people um, that uh, are used. Because when there's those passion projects, they're like, would you be interested in helping collate these 200 books? We're going to be giving them out at this event. And they're like, sure. And so, you, you know, you take that on board. They're like, uh, certainly next time there's any opportunity to try and pay them back that favor, um, I want to do that. Um, so I've been using these guys, yeah, over a year, but for the last year, um, a lot more often. Like, so, yeah, whether it's commissions or... Actually, there's three. There's actually three now because I ha- I'm starting a new commission next week. Um, like, on the well, next weekend, like, after these classes, there's a two-week project that I'm doing in Footscray, a really nice, long spot. Um, and I'll get a young person who has helped out a little bit at the studio just to paint it all out. And then I'll get, when I sort of outline it, they'll get another guy that's worked with me before, Merv, quite a lot. He'll fill in a lot of stuff and he's gotten a lot better with his can control and stuff. Um, so, you know, the opportunity to use them is excellent. I, I could quite possibly do it all myself, but it's really nice to be able to share that because it pays well and it can, that, you know, keeps them busy with it as well. Um, so that's my story. Um, We're collaborating right now, yeah. I think, as well. Like, Yandel and I are friends, uh, you know, almost family. And I think it's good to have community, eh? Yeah, and we've collaborated on a number of projects. We've curated together as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of my larger projects, more my more ambitious projects, a lot of my projects I actually have to collaborate with people um, on a number of different levels. Um, so that could be... Um, Yes, from concept, but um, to, you know, output. But a lot of the time, conceptually, I come up with these amazing ideas and my skill sets just can't, can't make it happen. So I um, often work with an animator. Um, I've worked with programmers to develop software for interactive works. Um, sorry? Actress? Oh, there yes. Actress yeah, your... I, I don't... Yeah, I use the yeah. figure in my work a lot um, and it's never myself, so I'm... I'm um, employing um, actors, I suppose, figures in in my work that I have to work with um, to translate these emotions. It's really intense to kind of work so close with them. Um, So there's a lot of different ways that um, I'm always working with other people and I love it as well. I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't be an isolated artist working in my studio painting or something. Um, It wouldn't work for me, so, yeah. And it's also really cool to, if you know, since I've been making ceramics, to have this other thing that I can swap with people. Um, so it could be, you know, if, you don't, if you're not money rich, uh, you may have this skill or this extra thing that you make that you might be able to swap with your peers to get them to do a bit of editing for you or to come and hold the camera. And it can be a really effective way to get stuff done. Sweet. Um, did anyone have any... Questions at all for any of the artists up here? Or? And thanks for coming. It's so hot, isn't it? Like, this is insane. So. Hey.
Um, so for some of your, all of you, are you mainly Melbourne-based with the showing of your artworks or do you expand into state or into country towns or even potentially internationally or is that a goal even? Or would you prefer to stay local? Um, I'll start because I've got the thing. Um, for me personally, yeah, I've been um, exhibiting locally um, and uh, in um, interstate in, you know, Sydney and Brisbane and Perth, um, particularly with one work that was very successful. Um, it was funded very well and developed over two years called Human Effect, which was an interactive public artwork and that travelled, that has been very successful and travelled um, um, into, in different cities in Australia and internationally um, to the US. Um, I've also um, done a lot of projects um, specifically in the US um, during residencies or um, uh, collaborations with other artists. Um, I've, yeah, I've sort of done a lot of travel and more sort of fun developmental stuff um, within those travels, I suppose, yeah. Travelling's so fun, right? It's such a privilege. Especially when you get paid. Yes, when you... Get and stuff and do stuff. Yeah, and, and to sort of have uh, something else that you're doing, you, you get to see the place a little differently when you're working with the people there and stuff like that. I mean, I'm similar. I have, yeah, different places that I've hung out and worked. I think the first sort of... Um, opportunity I got to work somewhere else um, outside of Australia is New Zealand, which I am going back to again in April for like a mural project that it feels like a second home there. And for the last three years, I've gone to Portugal, which I really feel like an incredible um, bonding there with some of the groups that I've worked with. Um, and Indonesia uh, and East Timor, I've worked in these places uh, with many people over the last five years. And um, I'd really like to keep that up. So yeah, I'd definitely give that a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, I, I guess... Um, it, I also really... I think it's time that I need to go home and show some work in New Zealand. Like, it's kind of important for me as a New Zealander to have an ongoing dialogue with where I'm from. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that I want to keep doing. I used to do more regularly and now I've found that I'm just having exhibitions in Melbourne. Um... It's fine, but half of my story or half of myself is there. So, yeah, I feel like a responsibility, I suppose, to, to have another, some more shows there. Excuse my son. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, does anybody have any other questions at all? Yep. I'm just wondering, um, did you go to art school? And if so, how did it affect your future career? I didn't go to art school myself. I went to the School of Unlearning, so I kind of made mistakes and learned from that. Um, and I think everyone's got their own you know, version of what they might want to do, but uh, I don't want to bring class into making art, but generally in Australia, you know, the more money you have, the more opportunities you will have. But I think, uh, you know, I'm sure there's lots of good stuff you'll learn at art school. I have gone back and... Um, and talk to people there and, and, and whatnot. And I think there's lots of advantages. But um, I don't think you have to go to art school to be able to do stuff. It might just happen a little differently. Yeah, and it probably also depends on what you want to make um, and what sort of art you want to you create. Um, it's about I've meeting people, right? 
And yeah, totally. I, I, I mean, I've, I studied a lot. I did my undergraduate and then I did honours and then I did a master's by coursework. And then I had a lot of years off um, uh, in, you know, creating art, doing projects. And then more recently, I went back and did another master's by research. And, you know, that was a really great opportunity to have a break from writing proposals to, you know, have a break from working out how to get more money for these projects. I felt a little bit like um, at that point I was ticking boxes to try and get funding. You know, I asked myself, would this project be different if I wasn't trying to get this funding? Or am I, did I just come up with this idea to get that $20,000 to do that big project? Or, um, so it was this, it was a really big dilemma that I had and I was like, oh, I could apply, you know, and go and just have two years off and develop, um, you know, uh, just research really and develop a body of work and that was fantastic. And it was, it, it also gave me a whole lot of other opportunities as well. Um, but yeah, I suppose it is so, it is so personal. Um, all, the, all the courses and universities would be so different as well. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. What do you think, AJ? Uh, yeah, it all depends on what you want to do. I definitely have been to art school. That was what brought me to Melbourne as I got scholarships in New Zealand. Um, and then when I was studying at the VCA, it was free and I had scholarships as stipend per week. So that was a two-year um, break in a way um, whilst being surrounded by community. I would say the biggest thing, the best thing about being in an art school environment for me, was being surrounded by other artists and teachers who were paid to speak about your work because I think most often people sort of either don't feel comfortable speaking about your work or perhaps perhaps you're not the centre of the universe and it doesn't matter, you know, no one's really thinking about it in that moment. But at art school, people are paid to have a conversation and a dialogue and it can be really powerful and you can make really strong work if you're open to taking on some of that constructive criticism. So it was a really powerful experience for me um, and I think it has helped me to get the jobs that I have now as a community cultural development artist because people need to tick boxes and they can say, well, she has a master's in fine arts, she's going to be able to have a dialogue about art. Yeah. And it did give me that skill. So it depends what you want to do. If you know that you want to be illustrating every day, perhaps you don't need that. You know, clearly you don't need that. So it depends what you want to do. Yeah. Are you at art school? Cool. Excellent. Awesome. Does anyone have any other questions or comments? Um, yeah, I might just ask, um, I guess, what, what, what is the average day of an artist like? Because I guess a lot of young people um, who are creative fantasise about, you know, living their creative life and making a living out of being an artist. Yeah, what's, what's life like in, the, in your everyday? Well, it's different now than it has been in, over the years and stuff like that. And like I was talking a bit about, my approach to it often is... Um, always doing something and, and sometimes that can uh, sidetrack from what I probably should be doing more but uh, I've always been one of those types of people that is um, not, I'm not really pushing my art too much so I don't um, promote it uh, too much so often it can come out of the blue 
that like I actually on the way here got a phone call about a job, which is very exciting. I'm just like, ah, I've got to put this in my calendar now. And so, yeah, my sort of average day is making sure I'm staying on top of things that I said I would do, like say that are coming up later in the year. Um, and sort of work down to pet projects, if you like, or things that I'm doing. Like today I had a meeting um, about this publication I do. I work with one group that I've worked with many years. I started out painting murals for them. A set of bars in the city here. I've painted bars uh, over the years, you know, a lot in 10 years. And then I did launches there. And then I sort of convinced them somehow to um, print this um, magazine about um, fair rights in the workplace. And they're like, yeah, that sounds excellent. And we distribute it with Beat Magazine, like in all the bars. So it's like when you're in the bar, you can read it. But we've only managed to do one. Like we've done, the second one has been very hard. So we had another meeting today with the, you know, everyone is volunteers in our group, but we really want to do it. But it's stuff like that, making time for those meetings. So my sort of day is um, trying not to check emails until I've done some creative and normal stuff that you've got to do in your life. (laughs) And then I... Yeah, answer emails and, and get that sort of stuff out of the way. Um, so it's pretty of, off the cuff. Yeah. yeah, pretty off the cuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, but ultimately, there's always some sort of learning each day. So I like to make sure each day I do something that is either research or development of something that I'm uh, practicing. Like I said, I've been performing like a, a musical act with a friend. So I've been really getting into that. It's kind of one of an extra hobby on the side that um, I've been enjoying. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. An average day. Is there an average yeah. day for an artist? Or, if that's a hard question to answer, what's the best thing about the, being an artist? Um, yeah, I probably don't know what... Um, I wouldn't have an average day so much, but I do... I can definitely tell you that um, you probably wouldn't know... What, for my arts practice, it would probably be at least 60 or 70% admin stuff. Totally. Um, it's definitely not all um, playing around in the studio being creative for, yeah. for me um, because that really is like I'm constantly applying for um, grants or putting together proposals for commissions or um, acquitting stuff that I've got. Um, it's a lot of admin yeah. <laughs> budgeting stuff. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, and then... I work a lot project-based, so I'll be sort of in a project, hands-on, you know, being creative for an intensive period, probably. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, the best thing about being an artist, I think, is, yeah, getting to work um, with other people on, on bigger projects and... I really love creating artwork for the public domain, so... Um, yeah, really making passes by that wouldn't necessarily know they're about to, you know, be immersed or um, be affected by an artwork. Think, think about broader issues. Think about, you know, things that you want them to consider. Yeah, or yeah. just feel something. Feel or something. Just, yep, yeah. totally. Awesome. Um, I think for me, yeah, there's a crossover between those things at the moment because a lot of the time I don't have very. Like you can see, even now, I'm like my body just got borrowed. Um, by my son and I don't have as much time as I had. So I have these tiny windows, but actually if I can use those tiny windows well, I'm finding that I'm still getting stuff done that's sustaining me personally as an artist. Um, So I do things like take notes, even just in my phone of project ideas that I might have that maybe I can't do right now, but that I might apply for 
um, to have an exhibition or to get a grant. Um, I ha- haven't been able... To, I also make sometimes make electronic music and I haven't been able to get into the music studio, so I've started to teach myself guitar because that's what I can do with Malu. Anything to just... At the moment, it's anything to cram in as much creative output into tiny slivers of time um, is is what I'm doing and I think that's also what I love most about being an artist is that you can do it anywhere at any time and it can be almost any, I believe, it can be almost any medium. It doesn't have to be drawing or painting or music either. It can be um, coming up with the concept uh, like a repetitive action or a durational performance that you may not get to do now but that you might do in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Does anybody have any follow-up questions? Wrapping it up. up? All right, awesome. Thanks so much for coming down, guys. Thanks for all the awesome questions. Yeah. (laughs) And um, obviously, thank you to uh, you guys for giving us this opportunity to learn from you and grow creatively. It's been really awesome so far. Yeah. Cool.